Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> hey, stop talking over me. Well, yeah, I thought or, you were trying to close programs. I am trying pod. to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to close some programs to make sure we got a nice, solid uh, connection here. This is Off our to a first hot start, guys, in our new time slot here. <laughs> well, uh, this is my nap time normally. Got to be honest, midday. Uh, this is not when Kevin's at his peak, so we'll see how it goes. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. Um, thanks for watching live. It, I don't know if anybody, if anybody's tuned in live, um, but this is our new time slot, twelve thirty Central Time. Uh, we'll be in a studio eventually, but not yet. Gordon, I know you like the time slot. You're a big sleeper, so this I'm should, a big should be good sleeper, for you. And I really love the time slot when I woke up at like 9.05 a.m. It felt really good. Mm. I was like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to do a podcast right now. I can just continue snoozing, which I did. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm going to be itching to want to talk about track when, you know, track season starts up in the <laughs> winter and spring. I'm going to be like, I need to talk about these takes at yeah. 9 a.m. I'm going to have to wait an extra three and a half hours. But it's okay. I'm excited for the studio. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. moving into a studio, I think next week. I think that's the plan. We'll see. Mm. We will see. We'll make no promises, but the plan is I think next week we move into the studio. That's why we're moving to the 1230 time slot. So we are now your lunch podcast as opposed to your coffee slash breakfast podcast. Absolutely. And uh, shout out to Tampa Eagle. Still the first one in the chat. He's, he pivoted. It was good morning, everybody. Now it's good afternoon, everybody. Still there. Uh yeah, we might pick up some new people going later. We might lose some, some favorites. Um, hopefully, we can make this work. And if not, you can catch it on Archive. You can catch it after the fact. You can catch it on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your, uh, your pods. Also, members. You want to be a member? Hit that join button. We do a bonus pod every month. And some people have always said, hey, love the show. Want to support it. Uh, you can become a member for what? What is it? Five bucks now, Gordon? Yeah, five bucks, four ninety nine. Become a member. We do we do bonus pods once a month, and our users and our viewers, our loyal member people, they make sure they hold us our feet to the fire to make sure we deliver our podcast. So yeah. we appreciate you. Uh, we did a podcast, a bonus pod a week ago, I believe, about giving out Emmy awards yep. for the twenty twenty two season. So like best actor in track and field best director in track mm-hmm. and field best drama best comedy all those things we did a fun little podcast there we'll be doing those once a month um so yeah join support the pod we appreciate you and if you don't want to join that's cool we'll still be doing these podcasts monday wednesday friday yeah and we might do additional stuff for members as well too you know going into the studio unlocks all sorts of possibilities so join today if you can also want to mention Berlin Marathon live on Flow Track on Sunday. This Sunday, it starts at the coverage starts 1:30 a.m. Central Time on Sunday. So if you're on the if you're on the West Coast, it's actually going to start Saturday night. We're going to go live on this YouTube page with a watch along. It won't be the race feed, so don't at Gordon about it that'll be it'll be the watch long so you watch it live on flow track will be the watch party that's going to start at 2 a.m central time on sunday marathon and 
I'm excited. I don't know. We've done these before. Usually after you do something that you think could be really difficult, you're like, ah, that wasn't too bad. Like you're, you're, you're dreading going down that really steep water slide. You're worried about how much that shot is going to hurt in your arm. And then you do it. You're like, that's ah, not that bad. It's not that bad. I've had the opposite experience with these marathon live shows. Every time I do one, it's way harder than I think. I finish it. Like there's no possible way I can do that again. And then we keep doing more and more of these. So come see if I can survive this latest one. Yeah. So we're going live at 2 AM our local time. Yep. And we have been deciding, debating how we're going to be at our best at 2 to 4 AM for us, whether it's wake mm -hmm. up for 2 AM or stay up till 4 AM. But Kevin, I have some news to break to you. I know that we were thinking about whether or not you would come over, sleep at my house, and then we both would wake up at 1.30 at my house and then we'd do the podcast together. Yeah. I'm getting some text messages some, from some of my friends who want me to host a party. So I might want to have a party Gordon, Saturday night. No one believes that, first of all. Old friends thing. No, I... No one's just... What do you mean no one believes Cole, that? does this sound like a real story or is this, is this Gordon saying he didn't want me to be at his house? Well, I think he's about to invite you to the party, Kevin, if you yes. let him finish. Yeah, I was going to invite you to the party. Colt can come no, to I the party. I can't go to a we party. Can make... I can't go to a party and then wake up. This is not going to work. No, you me. don't. It's not going to work. No, you just come to the party and we I party need... and then we do the podcast as the post party. And then all my friends who aren't running people, they can be like, what are you doing, Gordon? I'm like, we're watching the marathon. And then I get new people involved with becoming big Kipchoge fans at three o'clock in the morning. It's going to be Wait. fun. It'll be like college game day. There'll be house? people in the background with science and stuff. It'll be really fun. <laughs> yeah. You should do it. It's for a live game show. Day style. They have no idea that they're still? coming to. What's that? They're going to be at your house at 3 a.m.? I mean, they could. The last party I had, people stayed till like 3.30. So it's possible. Yeah, listen, not only is this not going to work for me, this is definitely not going to work for you. This is going to end up with me doing a solo pod. Um, at my house, I have nowhere to. Rec I won't have anywhere to record it too, as I mentioned before, because I got family coming into town. So this could be like me in my car outside with a Colt trying to get a signal. <laughs> yeah, in a parking lot. That's also well, really okay. funny. That's a good second option. Maybe I should move the party <laughs> to Friday night. Then is what you're saying? I should move the party to Friday night. I think doing it on Saturday night would accomplish none of our goals. Okay. It would be, but I don't it know. would be a wild None of our ride, professional though. goals. If I actually did it, and you just hear like disco music in the background during the Berlin Marathon watch party, people all over the world will be having a good time. They'll all feel like they're at my house party, but also watching Kipchoge mm. potentially break the world record. It'd be a great environment. You injured yourself too, right? You got a lot going on over there. Yeah. So before, we, so the title of this podcast is we're going to talk about the Berlin Marathon. So if you. Want to get to the Berlin yeah. Marathon talk? You just have to skip a little bit down the road, and you'll get to that. But thirty seconds skip. Thirty seconds. I have some news. I think I need to retire from box jumping. I have been injuring myself a few times. I've had a few box jump fails, but yesterday I had the worst of the worst. I reopened a gash on my leg. You're seeing the aftermath of it being good, but that's what it looked like. It went right 
into the shin in the same spot where I opened up a cut like a month ago. Ish. And uh, yeah, it was not good. So no more box jumping for me. So what I need to do is I'm still having the goal. I still have the goal of dunking a basketball by the end of the year. So I need to come up with new jumping exercises that don't involve metal box jumps. Mm. Any ideas? First of all, you know what they say. Sometimes you jump the box and sometimes the box jumps you. <laughs> Feels like it's been the latter recently. Yeah, lunges, man. Lunges. L- lunges? Bounds. Squats. I hate squats. Squats aren't fun. Hopping. Is there anything else besides Our, squatting that I can do? It's not about fun. It's about dunking. The, the listener that wrote in the other day saying all you're doing is getting better at box jumping by doing box jumps. So there's all sorts of stuff you can do. I think lunges are good. Yeah, you can have all to right. squat. You can do all sorts of plyo stuff where you're not necessarily you can there's other plyos besides box jumping that you can do. Sure. Other explosive exercises. Um, so email the pod with ideas for me a rough, because rough break for you though. All I was doing was lifting and box jumping, and now I'm just lifting and I need I need to figure out how to keep my quads and calves growing. Did the old guy at the gym the box come up to fun. you and say, I told I you so, after you hurt yourself? Uh, the old guy at the gym was not there, but I know he would have looked at me <laughs> with a disappointing face and be like, kids these days, millennials. Um, but yeah, it, it, it hurt. It was like a 12 out of 10 hurt feeling. Looks painful. I thought I, I, thought I broke my leg, but then I it was good. <laughs> Because it was a deep cut. It was like, boom, right in the shin. Oh, my goodness. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. Anyway, you thought you broke dunk your is leg. coming. I'm going to dunk a tennis ball, hopefully, like October 1st. That's the goal. At your party? So, at my party. Yeah, we'll have a party. We'll have a dunking party. Giving the dogs out for free here, Gordon, huh? <laughs> exactly. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about Berlin Marathon. Enough about my parties and my dunking. Sunday. Yeah. We're doing Sunday. What is the weather going to be like? We do have our chief weather correspondent, Colt Joyce, on the line with us. Colt, what's the weather going to look like in the morning in Berlin? Well, I must admit, I don't know very much about marathon running, so I'm not sure if this is good or bad news, but it's looking (laughs) nice outside, at least. Um, We're looking like 50s, up in the 60s, maybe later on in the morning. Very low chance of rain. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this good? Is this good news? Yeah. You said the the high is going to be what, Colt, on Sunday? High is – oh, gosh. You've called me out. Uh About doesn't like look 60s? That bad. Yeah, like 62, 65 maybe. That's pretty good. And the lows in the 40s, I'm assuming? Yeah. 48. But warming up to like 50s yeah. by the time the race starts. I mean, that's pretty good. That's That's – it's not perfect, but that's as good as you're gonna get. I guess the other thing would be wind. Do we have any? Do we have any read on what the wind situation will be like? Very little wind, according to the calculations <laughs> by Google. Thank you. Google. Even Three better. miles per hour. Three mile per hour. That's wins. like nothing. That's like not. So the high is 62, which is awesome because it's not gonna get to the high temperature when they're running in the morning. No wind. You're saying dry, low chance of precipitation. So. I think we can say it's going to be great conditions out there, Gordon. Yeah. It's, uh, some say, record 
breaking conditions. You think? Mm. Love it. Think that's Love possible? It. Um, you know, let's just get right into it. Sure. Why I not? mean, that's what everyone's thinking, right? It's Ilya Kipchoge. Well, he's running in Berlin. Yeah. So, will he break the world record? I don't think he will, but I think when you're talking about Kipchoge at this point in his career, you just assume he's going to win because he's heavily favored to win. So then the other question just goes to, all right, how fast is he going to run? Like That's the only thing that you want to know with Kipchoge. Like, is he going to get world record again? Um, I don't think he'll do it, but then you go and you look back to the last time we did a live show, right? Tokyo in the sprint in March, 202.40. So he was only one minute off he ran in Tokyo. Different courses. I know Tokyo's fast. I think Berlin's quicker. And when you saw how great the weather is going to be. So if he's in the same shape that he's in, that he was in in Tokyo, then I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I, I guess would say you, it would be an, the underdog bet for him to, to get the world record. Um, but it just feels silly saying Kipchoge like won't be able to run two hundred one or two hundred two, right? Yeah, I just think that Kipchoge isn't trying to win races anymore. Like he's done everything that you need. Like the only reason he will ever like he would be trying to win the race if he was at New York or Boston, right? Because mm-hmm. he'd never been on those yeah. courses. But he's been to Berlin how many times now? This will, like he's won it three times. He got second there once. So this will be number five. Five. Off by three. This is his fifth time. He's been there, done that with Berlin. So yeah. clearly there has to be a reason to go there for a fifth time. And that reason is to get a really good time. It's not to run 203. It's not to run 204 and get the win. It's to push yourself to see if you can get into the 201s again and see if you can break your world record. And so that's what I think he's trying to do. I think he's going to go out. I think he's not going to run conservative. I think he's going to run as if he can try to lower his personal best. Again, his world record is like, what, two minutes slower than his actual PB? Mm-hmm. So yeah. he has room to, to spare. He's the only man in the world whose PB is faster than the world record. I think he's yeah. the only guy who's ever had done that before which is a really yeah. cool stat where my PB is so fast. It's faster than the world record. Wait, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, trust me, it makes sense. So I think so to- he has a high percent. I think he has a 51% chance of breaking the world. Okay. Yeah. I would say lower chance than that, but two things working in his favor. One you brought up there. He knows what 159 pace feels like. Now the time didn't count. And we all know why that time didn't count, but his legs still moved at that speed. So he's been exposed to that pace. Now that was a little while ago. So you could say, all right, a few years later, but we know from Tokyo that he's, that he's definitely not far off that. The second thing, if you're talking about what does he have left to prove? Well, that's basically nothing. So it's, what does he have? What does he want to preserve for the next generation, the generation after? I don't think there's going to be another breaking two type event, at least not for a while, 
because what company is going to invest money in finding the second person to go sub to? His marathon record is insane. Like the amount of wins he has is incredible. He's going to try to win another Olympic gold, which would be historic. But one thing that would probably be the most vulnerable is this world record, is, is the 201.39. And the reason why I say that is because we saw the year after in Berlin, Bekele ran just two seconds off of it. Now, we don't think Bekele is going to be the guy to get it, but that at least shows. And Bekele, obviously a big outlier, such an amazing talent on the track. But there's been enough people running 202s that maybe you think, all right, the possibility of someone in the next three or four years running that time is low, but certainly in the next 10 years, we could see someone get that world record. So maybe that's a motivating factor for him to try to push it even farther down. Because there will be a point in this race where he's just going to have to make the decision, go for the win or go for the incredibly fast time. And I think if he's thinking about history and making sure this world record stays in his column for the next 20 years, 15 years, then he probably would feel more comfortable if he's able to knock that down a little bit more. But I still, I still think, man, that day in Berlin when he did do go 201.39 was, seemed so perfect at the time. I would bet, bet against it. Kipchoge meets every single expectation you throw at him. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna be eyeing to run sub two oh one. I think he wants a two I think he wants a two flat. He already has a one fifty nine. He has a two oh one. He has his two oh twos, he's two oh threes, two oh fours. He doesn't have a two flat. I guess he technically does that. Well, Ma- Monza. Monza. Yeah, yeah, Monza, that's true. But having he's a got two all. flat he's got on an official course having a two flat on an official course would look pretty damn cool. So I think he knows he has a lot of time. He has a lot of uh, wiggle room, you can say. It's not like he needs to have the perfect race to run faster than 201.39. I think he just needs to have yeah. a, a great race. Not a perfect race, a great race. Um, now, great races are hard to come by. You get them like once every two or three years. But if he has a great race, I think 201.39 will not be the fastest time by next week. I did think it was funny, War Athletics – Put up a tweet comparing him to Adola, who, to Adola's credit, he is the defending champion. Adola gave Kipchoge a great race at Berlin, actually led inside two miles against him. Remember, only lost by 14 seconds. But it's just, it's funny. It says, should the world record holder be worried? No. I'll answer that question. He should not be worried. And then they have these stats, like head-to-head, two, two to zero. And then they have, like, it's just putting... Adola's re- putting anybody's resume up against Kipchoge's is just not fair in anything. It's just like the most lopsided affair ever. Um, sub 204 times five to one, Berlin Marathon victories three to one. Again, solid runner, and he could be in contention for that next tier, but Kipchoge is so far and away better than everybody. Also, it's not that deep of a field. So after these two guys, you have a couple sub 206s out there but i think kipchoge is gonna know adola's the main guy once he's gone i can really press and go for this because i don't need to worry about anybody catching me or if adola's really in top shape you know use adola for as long as he can 
and then move away in the last couple of miles, similar to with the competition in Tokyo. Okay, so I said 51% chance he breaks the world record. What are your what percent chance are you giving it? 31. No. 33.3? Mm, I was 27. 27. Yeah. Why did you drop four up. percentage points just like in the past one second? Why did you drop four uh, percentage points? Look, it's it's my algorithm. So maybe I got some data on oil futures or something. I mean, all of it is factored in there. You know, I don't leave it's any true. stone unturned when I'm doing my Kipchoge prediction. I mean, do you remember in Tokyo? You probably don't remember this. You thought in the second half of the race Kipchoge might lose because he was with people. And then you're like, oh, no, what's uh, they're hanging around. And I said, no, Gordon, this is just what he does, and he's going to run away. Anytime you bet against Kipchoge, you end up feeling really – I don't know. I don't want to put feelings on you, Gordon, but you end up, you know, regretting it. Yeah. And I might ultimately regret saying, oh, world record's off the table. But just now he's competing against past Kipchoge. He's not competing against anybody else. He's competing against fully optimized, amazing Kipchoge from a few years ago. But that 202.40 at the beginning of March in Tokyo did make me think, all right, this guy's not slow. His peak is just never going to end. He's in a perpetual peak. It just keeps going and going and going and going. It's like a plateau, but like he's plateauing at the most amazing performances in history. So pick against him at your peril. It's no fun to pick against him. It's no fun to bet against him. I don't recommend anybody doing that. But I but I would say uh, I, I, would, I would still put it around 30%. Oh, you going back up to 30%? Are you 27%, well, 31%? No, 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 no. I'm 20. What, what's your percentage? I'm 27. I'm To be clear, I'm okay. still 27% chance. I said, you know, around 30. That's close to 30. Yeah. But it's kind of wild, though, that 73% of you don't believe in them. I know, and I'm going to feel stupid. I'm going to feel stupid for doing this. And it's not that I'm betting against him. I'm just betting on 2018 Kipchoge. <laughs> That's what Got I'm it. doing. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I had a question written down here, but I feel like you've already answered it. And the question that I wanted to ask you was, is he more likely to lose the race or break the world record? Sounds like you're saying more likely to break the world record. Yeah. He's more likely to break the world record than lose the race. And I think I'm in that boat too. Cause I don't, if I'm saying he has a 27% chance of breaking the world record, he has what a 90, 8% chance of winning. Yeah. Man, what what would what, what would the odds be on Adola? That'd be really interesting to see. They would because probably be like defend defending champion. He I think keep going. I'm not sure. Really? He's got the 203. I just I mean a marathon anything can happen. Kip- Side stitch, you know, you know, whatever. Like keep choking. It's though. two hours of running. Yeah. It's, Stuff happens. Yeah. So I think. But it never happens to him. Yeah, that's true. It's only happened Except once to him. It happened once in London. Once. Once. This will be marathon 19. So of the previous 18, he's lost two of them. One of them was to Wilson Kipsang when he was first starting. The other one was London when he got eighth. So it was only one bad race out of those 18. That's a pretty high conversion rate. That's that. That's hard to do in any event. 
He just has fig- he has it figured out. It's yes, uncanny. I just he does. Okay, one la- one last thing on Kipchoge. Do you think Kipchoge's final race of his career will be a win? Yes. Interesting. So we're never gonna have like trying to hold on Kipchoge. I don't think we will. I wrote a preview of the men's race, which is on this site. People could check it out. But basically, it's. I think I speak for a lot of running fans when we say one part of our brain knows that eventually it's going to come to an end, but the other part of our brain can't even envision what that looks like. Like we don't have any, we're not able to process what it would be like with Kipchoge just trying to make it through 26 miles, but just running 206s and stuff. Like I can't, <laughs> my, my brain short circuits when I think about that. But I also know eventually it's going to have to come to an end. But we are, we're dealing with the guy who has the, had the longest peak we've ever seen. I mean, this is ridiculous that we're still talking peak. about it. And London, yeah. London was the only time when we actually had some evidence to suggest, all right, this guy's human. He could possibly lose. And then how did he respond? Just three straight fire marathons in a row. One, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's a fluke. Like, think about it. 18 out of 19. Getting 18 out of 19 hundred meter races, right, is is hard. You know the last person to go 18 and one? Tom Brady. The New New England Patriots, yeah. That's true. But he lost the last one. Kipchoge's yeah. loss is going to come in the middle, and then he's going to run off a bunch more. I I have no idea when it's going to end, how it's going to end. I, I guess the closest parallel is Fraser Price because same thing. It's just she just – except she's running faster now. But this is the sustained peak for a long period of time. And then we're, we're almost like riding the end of his career before he's even suggested that that's what's going on and before his performances has suggested that, right? Because the only reason we're saying run New York, run Boston is because we think we're coming up to her. But what evidence is there? This is a farewell tour. If I listed all, all these, pers- these this person's performances to you, or you and you plotted them on a graph, you'd say, all right, they got another couple of years. There's no sign of them out of issue. Yeah. Or look at them versus the next best competitor. In the event, you'd say, oh, yeah, man, he must have started dominating the marathon when he was 18 or something. And then now it's, you know, 10 years later and he's in his late 20s and he's still just crushing it. But that's not how Kipchoge's career has unfolded at all. He had an awesome track career and then came to the marathon and is now dominating into his late 30s. So the title of this podcast was Answering Berlin's Burning Questions. We really only had two questions. Because there's yeah. really, there's one, well, there's only yeah. really, there's two races. There's the men's race and the women's race. Yeah. We'll have a lot of time to talk about Kipchoge on Friday's podcast and ultimately on Sunday at two o'clock in the morning, which you guys need to join mm-hmm. and watch our belligerence as we watch potentially two records go down. <laughs> but on the women's side, you had, you had, I thought you had a really good question here. I appreciate the way you kind of phrased it. What would be more impressive for Kira D'Amato? Would it be winning? The Berlin Marathon or running 218 and not winning, but running 218 and breaking her American record? Good question. So, for the record, I think 218 would get her the win. 
in this field because she is a number one seed with her 219.12. And then there's five women who have run in the 220s. So I, I do think a 218 will probably get her the win. There's a possibility someone jumps up out of nowhere, runs a fast time, and then uh, gets a PR and makes me look foolish. But I think a 218 will get it done. So a couple stats here for you. Obviously, she already has the American record, right? Yes. She's, so she's, she's alone. Um, if she goes under 219, she will be alone in that group. But if you go to the win side of things, since 2000, since the year 2000, if you count world championships, London, Boston, New York, Chicago, Berlin, and then Tokyo when it got added to the World Marathon Majors. You have all those big city marathons. An American woman has won four times total since 2000. Castor did it twice. Flanagan in New York City. Linden in Boston. That's it. So it's a very small group of people. And then if you want to even go back before that, right, you're having to go back... You know, we know how long that drought was in New York City. We know how long that drought was in Boston. Now, not all marathon majors are created equal. I know that. But to me, it's more just status of where Kira D'Amato is. When she started this comeback, it was can she join the top level of the sport? And then now it's like, can she make history and, and become like one of the best at like you know, she's building a resume here. If she wins this race and runs 218, she's really building a serious resume. So I think the win, I think the win, because I think she'll have other opportunities to run fast and just the win alone puts you on a very short list. Again, I'll say the names again, Lyndon, Flanagan, Caster. You know, an even shorter list, the amount of Mm. American women to win the Berlin Marathon. Zero. Zero. Yeah, zero. So she could be the first to win the Berlin Marathon. And I think also the fact that she does already have the American record. She's already one of one time-wise. I agree with you. I think it's more impressive if she were to win the race. And I also know she's going to break the American record if she wins the race. So this is kind of a weird situation where, you know, she's going to get... If she wins, she's also going to get the other one. She's going to get the record, but... I do think winning the Berlin Marathon would be much more impressive. Not just a little bit more impressive, but much more impressive. Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, like 218 is good, but like 218 is very far away, though, from the, the best of the best in the world any given year, right? The, mm-hmm. As good as the women have been, especially depth wise, US women. They're not running in the 216s, 217s consistently, 218s consistently. So there's a little bit of, there's a gap there between the top international women and the U.S. women. That gap gets closed when it's only three per country. That gap gets closed when the field isn't 100% there and we're able to still podium, which is still amazing. But a win is 10x better than a second or third place finish, in my opinion, because that's, you know, a win's a win. So I agree. I think if she were to win this, and I think she is the favorite to do it, that would be more impressive. Yeah. And it makes yeah. her story even wilder. American record holder, Berlin Marathon 
major champion, like, yeah, it just keeps going. And I think from our conversation we had with her, you guys can listen to that podcast. We did it last week. Had some good, good fun in that conversation. I think she, if she stays healthy, you know, she has a lot of, I mean, her age, she's what, 36 now? 36, 37? Uh, what is she? 36 or 37, yeah. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, she is 30. But, like, she wasn't running professionally since 22. So she has, like, a little bit of yeah less miles on her legs than her other 36-year-old competitors. And I think yeah. 2024 would be something that she will be potentially a, you know, marathon she potentially you know have a molly seidel moment you know and potentially even medal at the olympics in 2024 yeah she's got the perspective of someone in their late 30s but the legs of someone 10 years younger than that basically yeah so it's like the best of the best of both worlds i do agree with you i think these things could take care of themselves i think the win means that she probably ran 218 or very close to it Maybe not exactly, and vice versa. But you don't know what the fields are going to look like in the major marathons that you sign up for in the future. So you can control your time, and you can run fast. You can't control the field. And this field, it's a winnable race for her right now. And I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. If she gets a win here, maybe gets a 218, then in 2023 – gets a couple top five finishes or top three finishes in some majors and then has a good performance at the Olympics in 24, like her resume, like you got to start talking about that when you're talking about the best to, to, to compete in the women's marathon. Like it's crazy. Obviously she doesn't have the same amount of years at it as a lot of people, but like the efficiency to get the mark, to get the win and to get some top threes and maybe even get a medal. Um, She's just kind of done this whole thing on 2x speed, basically. 4x speed, probably. That would be wild if Kira D'Amato ends her career as the greatest female American marathoner of all time. Well, I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not getting, I'm not going there yet. I said one, but one, like, like she would be in that, you know, whatever number she is right now, she could move up. She could move up like 10 spots, whatever she is now, whatever, yeah. if you think she's like the, 15th or tw- whatever it is. I don't even, I don't have a list in front of me, but she can just make up a lot of ground pretty quickly. Cause there's a lot of people who have done well in majors and run fast times. But when you get to who's one and then who has some top threes, the list gets really short, really quickly. I mean, there's legitimately a pathway for her to be the greatest of all time. Cause if she were to win the, if she were to win this weekend, she'll have the two fastest Marathon times ever run by an American woman. She'll have a well, major she's championship. Get by Samuelson. She's got to do a lot to get by jumping on Samuelson. Olympic gold medal. I mean, all of her stuff back in the eighties. I mean, that's just that's a different that's a different conversation. But go ahead. I uh, not all medals are equal. Yeah, but look at her look at her major performances too. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Different era. Different era. Like you have to calculate. There's like a different era of competition. Competition is different. From eras to eras. 100%. But I'm saying, okay, well, then let's just say from 2000 on, right? Sure. Can we say that? From 2000 yeah. on? Well, we, we can have this conversation. Uh, let's have this conversation on Monday next week after she wins. It's, we're kind of yeah. on the cart before the horse here. 
So well, anyway, I didn't give the grief. She wins, you know, it will be more impressive than breaking her own record. I just was I guess I, I was surprised the list was that short. And I shouldn't have been, because most of the times we're looking at top threes, we're thinking of medals, right? So then you're you're throwing a bunch of other people in there. You're talking about Jordan Hesse, you're talking about Kara Goucher, you're talking about Sarah Amy Craig. Hall. Like there's been so exactly there's yeah. been so many people at that level, around that level, but there's a much smaller group who've taken that next leap. And Caster, that's why I would have Caster and Benoit Samuelson um, at the top, right? They were like, they did it multiple times. It wasn't just a, a, a one-off. So she'd have to do this multiple times or at least get multiple top threes. But this is a great opportunity for her. The other reason why I think she needs to win, or not, doesn't need to. I think she'd love to. She wants to meet Kipchoge. But anyway, another reason why I think it's important that she wins is if you want to be competitive at the Olympics, if you want to be competitive in London and Boston or wherever you run next, you got to be able to beat the 220 women because those other marathons are going to have the 217 women, right? The yeah. 216 women. They're, Bridget Koskai is going to show up to one of those. Jeb Chirchir. Jeb Koskai. They're going to be there. So you have to take care of business with the people whose PR is slower than yours if you want to be able to succeed at the championships. Obviously, championship marathon is different. Molly Seidel came in. Her PB was well below a lot of other people's, still got a medal. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think at a fast race like this, like you got to be able to say, hey, I'm better than these 220, 221 women. Like I'm, in a, I'm 219 low, and I'm going to run like that, right? And my next goal is to get that next group that's in, in front of me. Man, making that women's team is going to be so hard for 2024. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. I know we're getting also, you know, there'll be injuries that kind of clear out a few of the people yeah. we think are going to be there. I think every year we think, oh, it's there so deep. And then there's like, oh, I'm out. Oh, I'm not there. And then they're like, oh, I'm not 100% from what I was two years ago. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah. there's really five women for three spots as opposed to like, Eight for three spots. But you also have a lot of athletes now going later on into their 30s and sometimes early 40s and still being competitive. And you, so there's just the, the primes of these athletes are continuing so long. So you have yeah. someone like D'Amato or someone like Hall mixing it up with, there's also going to be someone who knew on the scene, right? Like there's, we know on the men's side, everybody's looking at Connor Mance, but there's going to be someone on the women's side who I think surprises us as well, too. So you're going to have this what, 15-year age gap, basically, of people who are going to be able to compete in this event. It's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I just think this is a big opportunity for her. I think it's a big opportunity for American women's marathoning. Not that they haven't had winners before, but it's been a while since they've had the number one seed time coming in. Because you look at those numbers, right? Or you look at those people. Lyndon won. It was in Boston. Obviously, it was... a. Uh, that's a non-rabbited race. New York City, Flanagan, non-rabbited race. Like, Caster uh, winning in London and Chicago, that was the last time it was a, you know, flat course. That was 06. So if you, if you would want, if you want to put the marathons into two buckets, like which ones are tactical and which ones are fast. Now, I know sometimes the fast ones can get slow and all that other stuff, but it's been since 06, Gordon. 06. That's when I graduated high school. Yeah, when I was graduating college. 
with a dream to one day co-host a podcast. So here I am. I was eight years old. <laughs> All right, Colt, we get it. So funny thing, Colt, can I tell a personal anecdote about your family? Not all the other stuff, but just the age thing. I'm closer <laughs> Go in for age it. to sure, Colt. Yeah. You know, it's not embarrassing to you. It's embarrassing to me. We found out the other day I'm closer in age to Colt's parents than I am to Colt. It was a wild realization. That's and true. Gordon's head almost exploded and realized he had it by a year. But I think if he was in my position, he would not have been able to process it. And we wouldn't be seeing Gordon much anymore. Yeah. It would be fun to have Colt as a kid, right? Thanks. Like, that's a nice <laughs> kid. I think we could go get some father-son bonding moments. I think we'd have a good time. Yeah. It just it surprised me. I mean, we knew Colt was young, but wasn't ready for that. Yeah, it was a surprise. But, you know, whiz kid. He knows how to use all this technology. So it's what you want. The kid's out there, Gordon. The kid's all right. All right. Um... What else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Bowerman? Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Christina Aragon and uh, Cooper Tier are going to Bowerman. We're going to Oregon, University of Oregon. So, uh, <laughs> Christina Aragon going there makes sense. There's always been that Stanford kind of hub of like all the great Stanford athletes just go in and just keep on adding to Bowerman. They keep the same color scheme going, red to red, always works out. And then Cooper Tier, he's basically staying, staying home, right? Because now that Jerry's Oregon coach, Cooper Tier's uh, going to be still training on the Oregon campus. Um, Christina Aragon is not really someone that's like we're thinking immediate impact. She might be a year or two away from being involved in making teams. But mm-hmm. Cooper Tier, what do you think overall about Cooper's decision to, you know? not train with Cole Hawker anymore. That little dynamic duo they had together is not there anymore. Now he's going to be go up there training with Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid, Mohamed, all the great fireman runners. How do you think it's going to affect Cooper's trajectory? I mean, you look at the ability to train with Fisher, someone whose collegiate career was somewhat similar to Cooper tier, wouldn't you say? Just in terms of, coming in with all the expectations and obviously having tremendous highs, but also having some setbacks throughout their collegiate careers. It's interesting because it's a decision that was brought about through external forces. Yeah. If Oregon doesn't have a coaching change and Ben Thomas stays there, does Cooper tier go to Portland to start training with Jerry Schumacher or does he just stay in Eugene because Ben Thomas is still there? So it's one of those things where this is one of the best athletes in the United States at his event and his coaching decision is somewhat being dictated um, or at least heavily influenced by something that's not even remotely connected to him at all. I still haven't heard what's going on with Ben Thomas. So I, I would assume Cole Hawker is going to stay with him. You do lose the training partner in Cole Hawker, but I mean, you gain the group right, that, that Bowerman has and you gain the experience. I just feel like going into a major championship, having someone like Mohamed to, like, walk you through what's going on seems like it would be a good thing, right? Like, you're surrounded by – and on the, the women, they've had a lot of people leave, but on the men's side, they still got a pretty big group there. You know, it kind of resembles a, a team, right, an actual team. 
So you, and you have some veterans there who can who can help you. Same thing with Evan Jagger, Lopez Lemong, Woody Kincaid, you know, Josh Thompson. Like there's a lot of guys there who have run in a lot of big time races. It seems like that would be helpful. Also, remember when we were in Eugene for World Champs and everybody was asking the Bowerman athletes about moving to Eugene. And the one thing they kept saying is like the facilities are so much better than what they have in Portland. I bet that's the other part of it too. It's just like, why leave where you're at to train in inferior facilities and in in inferior place in terms of access to the type of equipment or the type of surfaces that you want to be training and running on. So it's pretty straightforward. I, I guess the one concern would be if it's not broke, don't fix it. And he was running awfully well under Ben Thomas. Yeah, that's my main question here. So he's had Ben Thomas for how many years now? When did Ben? Because Cooper was what, a freshman or sophomore when the cha- when Andy Powell left? Ooh, I'm not what he was. Is... He's probably been with Ben Thomas for four years. I'm guessing. Is that a... was it 18? Did Andy Powell leave in 18? Yeah, I'm not sure the exact year. But anyway, three to four years, right? He's had that same coaching um, for that long a period. Now he's switching to Jerry. He's either going to get better, get worse, or stay the same. Now, get worse doesn't mean it's for forever worse. He could get worse for one year and then make a yeah. double leap the next year to get to in 2024. Like he just takes a little step back ah, to take a bigger step forward. A rare double leap. Happen. Interesting. But what do you think is going to happen having to go from Ben Thomas for four years to all of a sudden Jerry Schumacher? Do you think it's going to be a good first oh, year, a bad first year, or an equal first year? I think he'll I think he'll stay the same, which might cause a little bit of frustration initially because he was on this trajectory. But if you look at the pattern with a lot of Jerry's athletes, it's static for a little bit and then a jump up. Like look at look at Fisher. Yeah. I mean, he was fine. He was he was in he was in the mix. Yeah, I mean, made the Olympic team in Tokyo, but then he breaks four American records this year, and is in the mix for medals in two different events. He definitely made a jump up this past year, so I I think he'll stick or stay around the same spot, and then with the potential of getting into that top top tier. I mean, Grant's one of his main competitors in the right. Grant and Woody, like, who's your U.S. five K top five right now? It's well, I don't know who's your top three. Well, where's Chalimo? Is he in there? Yeah, Chalimo and Klecker are like, where are they? Okay, I guess Klecker you could say is more ten K. But I mean, Grant's one. Grant has to be one. one. Yeah, I'd probably put Woody too. And then, yeah, Cooper's no worse than fifth. So yeah. now you have... I think if Cooper, Abdi Hamid, and Paul. Oh, yeah. Abdi, yeah. Basically. yeah. But, I'm, but I'm saying you have basically three of the best five or six in the nation yeah. in the same event in one group. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They'll have a chance to sweep. They'll have a chance to pull off a, a sweep. Has Bowerman ever done that? Has Bowerman ever swept a U.S. trials? Didn't they do it in 09 early on? Jake, when Jager ran the five with Selinski and Tegenkamp, I guess that was a long Cole, time ago. Pull up the Colt, pull up the 2009 USATF outdoor championship results, please. 2000, we got to go way back. I don't even know if the internet was around. Colt was four during this year. Uh, oh, our lord, 
Um, okay, it was uh, Tegan Camp, Zelensky, Jager. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Jager had just. Yeah. That's the only one. Was I can Jager had just turned, or was he? He just left Wisconsin that year. I want to say. So he he was in the Does group. Does that count? Maybe. Does that count? No, no, no. He he was in the group. Well, he was being coached by Jerry at Wisconsin. That's true. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, oh, he just put on the jersey. You were actually the coach stayed the same. That's true. Because sometimes yeah, people put at... on the jersey, like, I have a new coach. It's like, yeah, well, the entire year of training was with someone else. Yeah. No, no. He was legit on the team. I want to say, because he was only year, one year at Wisconsin. Um, he's 07. And then he left. Fall of 08, he left. Okay, so yeah. With to continue carrying championship. Yeah, so he was full on on. That was back yeah. when he was running the five. So that, yeah, they swept then. All the sweeps about Bowerman have then been focused on the women's side of things. Yeah. So there's a Aragon, chance. There's, there's some parallels to Cranny with Aragon. Highly talented yeah. prep, uh, long college career, was in the mix, never had like the one crazy breakout race, but yeah. maybe when she goes and trains with the group, then she's going to be uh, able to make that jump up. But they did, the women's side of things, pull up the roster again, Cole. Like, there's not that many women left on the roster total. What is it? Schweizer, Cranny, Frericks. Is that it? I think everybody else is, is pretty much gone. Yeah. The women's side of things. They used to have like 10 women on the team. And then now it's... Cause, yeah, because this isn't updated. No, she's not. She moved to San Francisco. She's still trained by Chilean, though. So yeah, it's just those. It's just Cranny, Schweizer, and Frerichs. Then yeah. Um, so we shall see. It's going to be an adjustment because first of all, they're just going to going to Eugene is going to make things a lot different too. Yeah. All right. Is that the pod? No, I got six other stories I want to talk about. Um, got questions? Throw them in the chat. Chat. Shout out to Tampa Eagle in the chat. Uh, the rest of the chat's been kind of asleep. Um, or not watching. Maybe maybe I don't like the new time zone, Gordon. Maybe this is no. They'll work. get used to it. This is the better time zone. Eventually, people will learn to love twelve thirty start times. Better time time slot. Time slot. I mean, it's ten thirty for California, so that's great. One thirty for East Coast. All right. Got some breaking news. You do. Actually, I'm going to put this on the rundown. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I'll, I'm going to put it on the rundown. Stand by. We'll see if you want to talk. Well, you're just going to you're going to secretly message me it. What? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you have other info on this, so don't don't, don't bring this up yet, Colt. Let just let Gordon see it. I have info on that. Is it accurate or inaccurate? I mean, technically, it's accurate, but I know the truth. Okay, do you want to go into it? We can talk about it on the pod. We don't want to talk about this. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, if you, I don't know if I should. If you want to get into it, get into it. If you want to get into it, get into it. I don't know if it's public. I don't have public. I don't know. I don't have public. I can't. I have. I don't have public information. I have like inconfidence information. Okay. So maybe we shouldn't talk well, about it. Well, that's why I said. That's why I said I'll just send it to you. All right. I bet we'll that talk, was we'll really fun it. for the viewers. I bet they loved that. Yeah, just you know, sorry, I didn't know what to do. I don't know either. Yeah, I, I, I can't just you know break someone's. Confidence. It's your beat, like, not my beat. So I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're on, you're on top of that stuff. People have no idea what we're talking about because 
I feel bad yeah, now good. for our users. So like, what are we talking that's about? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about it? We can talk about this on Friday. That's the teaser. Teaser for Friday pod. We'll talk about it on Friday. We'll talk about it on Friday. So if you're listening, Friday, what the hell are you guys time, talking about? Friday, we will preview. talk about the thing that you want me to talk about. We're going to go in even deep dive in Berlin on Friday too. So marathon. Technically their headline is correct, it's but it's, 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 yeah. Technically it's correct. Okay. So do you want me to talk about it or do you keep bringing it back up? No, we'll talk about it on Friday. Talk about it on Friday. Okay. We need something to talk All about right. on Friday anyway. Berlin and Berlin this marathon story we'll talk about. Friday is the official Berlin Marathon preview pod. I don't know if you knew that. That's what we're talking about on Friday. Yeah. Today and was just this... the Berlin Marathon burning questions. That's totally different than the Berlin Marathon totally preview pod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wrote well, the yeah. men's preview. It's up. If people want to check it out, it's pretty awesome. I don't just write live blogs, folks. I can write a preview or two. And then the women's previews coming to, uh, today or tomorrow with some of the great anecdotes and factoids that I've dropped in this show about Kira D'Amato. And about our com- competitors. Now, we're athletic in a graphic of like, can cure a woman? I think it was uh, Nancy. I don't remember. Um, it's not up to date, though. I looked at the start list. She's not on the list. So, basically, what I'm saying is, Kiramato is a big favorite. All right. Like and subscribe. We'll see you guys Friday. Talk about more Berlin. Talk about this story that I don't want to talk about, but we will. And then Nancy Jelligot. I looked it up. Nancy Jelligot. Okay. She's not on the start list anymore. I just want Good to be to complete here. I don't want to hide anything from the listeners. She's not on. She's not on the start list. She's in the World Athletics graphic, but I don't see Nancy anywhere here, which means Kiramato's chance of winning just got better. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Like and subscribe. See ya. See ya.